This is Shack Talk, presented by Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear and hosted by Kyle Agri and Anthony Kleinwachter. Turn up your speakers, grab your gear, and hit the ice with us as we talk ice fishing. Come on in and grab a bucket. We're talking ice fishing. This is Shack Talk Ice Fishing Podcast. Kyle Agri, Anthony Kleinwachter. We are your hosts. And uh, we're here today with a guy who needs no introduction, Larry Smith, Larry Smith Outdoors. And uh, it's not often we get a chance to all be in the same venue, the same building, the same place. We're here in Cumberland, Wisconsin, visiting Eskimo headquarters. Yep. And you know what? We had a few extra minutes, so we, we got the equipment out. And we're like, let's do this let's right here and right of it, now. For sure. No, I agree 100%. Hey, you guys, I appreciate you guys having me on the podcast. And, you know, not everybody knows me, and, and I would like you guys all to know me. Um, so my name is Larry Smith, and I've been a full-time guide um, for the last 32, 33 years. Um, I'm out of Berlin. If you don't know where Berlin, Wisconsin is, it's right by Oshkosh. I grew up in Oshkosh on Lake Winnebago. Um, I've got four kids, three boys, and my daughter. Um, I farm, uh, I guide, and obviously we have a TV show too. So we have a TV show, and we do 52 new shows a year, and it's not just fishing. We do hunting too. So we do about 13 to 14 uh, different hunting shows a year. Um, You know, in our show... I always like to try to think of it as like something a little bit different than than everybody else, and and the reason I say that is that, you know, for me over my course of my career of guiding, we've had the opportunity to film with several, several other people that have television shows, and it's always been a pleasure. But you know, for me, I I. I think I'm probably one of the only guys that has a television show that still guides pretty much full time. Um, so I, you know, I and I do that for for the main reason is to really kind of to stay connected for to what's going on, and that's a huge thing. Where most other people they start a, another venture and a, a TV show, and they basically you know just give up if there were a guide to give up their guiding business or whatever else business they had. Um, and for me, you know, I, I love the guiding part because I love spending my time with people too. That's, that's a huge thing for me. It doesn't matter if I'm hunting or fishing. I don't like doing things alone. I really don't, you know, and, uh, and our show is really not about me. It's about really, we fish and hunt with so many different people. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, one of them is to start off with is the personalities. Just having different personalities on the show every week is huge. But the other really big benefit is, is the expertise. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an expert in anything, but I'm a guy that loves to learn and keep learning. And, you know, I'm severely ADH. And so my attention really is very short on most things, but for some reason, as a little kid, I've always been able to focus on fishing and anything that's got to do with hunting. So the great part is when you get to film with all these different people that are really experts and things, the amount of things that you can learn is just, it's incredible. And that's the part that I love. I love when somebody outfishes me because, you know what, it, it makes me want to watch what they're doing, listen. And, you know, that's a big thing when it comes to to anything in life a lot of times in even a person like me that's long-winded it's always good to sometimes just cap it up a little bit and listen to what somebody else is saying what the one question that i can't get out of my mind is you're telling us about you know kind of your 
your life with your guide business and your your TV show is how do you do both? Because I think the reason that a lot of guys and gals give up one for the other is because doing both is hard. It, well, I would agree with you. And, you know, one thing I've been very for, oh, I've been very fortunate in a lot of things in my life. But one of the biggest things is that I can, I can still go two days, sometimes three days with zero sleep at all, right? So I typically, when I was a kid, I would sleep anywhere from two and a half to three hours a night, and it drove my mom absolutely crazy. Um, but now, like, you know, I'm a little bit older, obviously, um, like four hours, five hours. If I sleep more than five hours, it really messes me up. So having, being lucky enough to have all that energy and put that towards things that are really positive um, is really, you know, kind of pulled me in in a, I don't know in a different direction you know where I hate to give up anything you know like typically I like to get up at about 3 30 in the morning and I'll give her you know till 10 30 11 o'clock at night and my philosophy in life is you guys is that you know and this is so true you know you can't say it's not true is that today once it's over you're never going to gain that day back so for me to do something productive or many of things productive through the day really is a good feeling. And I, I've always been that kind of guy that when it comes to going to sleep at night, I basically just pass out and I go into a deep hibernation sleep for like three, four hours. And when I get up, I'm never tired when I get up. I spring up, rock and roll. And I just, again, I appreciate when I see the sun start coming up and know that I'm lucky enough to be here another day. We're here in Cumberland, and I know the juices have been flowing. We're all excited for ice fishing. I think getting together in person really amped that up for me. I mean, we're just coming off of summer, and I know a lot of people probably aren't thinking about ice fishing yet, but I know our conversations today and talking about new and exciting gear has been really fun, and I know we'll talk more about that in the podcast at some point. If it's not this episode, we'll dive into the gear, but we had a really good conversation about you know, why we enjoy the outdoors and why we get into things. And, you know, you talked a little bit about the escape and, you know, being able to treat it like your sanctuary and be able to enjoy the outdoors. Talk to us a little bit. And, you know, I know I'm sure there's listeners that can relate to that because I, I treat ice fishing and hunting as my therapy. Like if I didn't do those things, I'd probably have to pay someone to, to talk to them and, and right. think through my things. But when I'm sitting on the ice or sitting in the stand, you know, I'm thinking through those things and mentally processing those things and enjoying nature and working through that. How do, how do you relate to that? Well, that's, them are some really good questions, and I'll tell you, I would agree with you a thousand percent. The first thing is that this morning when I left home at uh, 3 o'clock, it was uh, 40, I think 43, 44 degrees down by me. So that really gets you geared up for the cool, cool conditions. And then you come in and you get to see the family, you know, that we have here at Eskimo and all the great new products that you guys have. So that really gets you charged up, you know. And then... You know, I just have that feeling that this year we're going to have a really cold winter around the whole state. I don't know. You know, I've always been one of them kind of guys that I kind of watch nature. And I listen to a, a lot of people that really like, I have a friend that's a big beekeeper. And he told me in our area this year, and I live again around Oshkosh area, he said the bees that he had around our area did double on the production. Some of it had to do with, because it was a drier year. But the other part is that, again, 
again, you know, when, when you see these bees go to work and, and they're doubling what they normally do for the season, obviously they're building up their supply for the winter. It's probably going to be a cold winter. And uh, so I kind of, I like to watch nature. I've been watching the birds and all, you know, I could just go on and on about that. But uh, my prediction is you guys, and, and I've been wrong before, but you know, my prediction is we're going to have a really good winter. It's going to come early, even though it's going to get real warm again this week. I still think that it's going to, our, our fall, we're going to have a cooler fall and uh, yeah, but you know, when it comes to the fishing and hunting part, you know, I was, and you guys are going to think this is a little bit weird. It was, uh, as a kid growing up, I was very fortunate to have a rough childhood. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, you know, a lot of things in my childhood when I was younger didn't go, like, it wasn't the picture-perfect family, you know. And I can, you know, I can talk about all that until you're blue in the face. But, you know, and I've always looked at it this way. I'm, I say this a fair amount. I'm so happy as a kid growing up that I didn't have anything but, you know, the opportunity to fish, you know. And so it's always been a special thing to me. It's definitely an addiction. Uh, I think that everybody in life has some kind of addiction. Some people, it could be, you know, alcohol, it could be tobacco, it could be drugs, it could be fishing. I mean, there, I mean, it could be coffee, anything. But I'm very fortunate that my addiction is fishing. Um, but it is, like you were saying, it is a sanctuary. And I really feel that the people that are connected in the outdoors really are basically connected more in a natural you know environment and they really look at life in a no, more of a normal way and uh, you know so I feel very fortunate and the reason I one of the reasons I started the TV show um, was that is anytime that I can try to get more people involved in the outdoors and show them how relaxing it is, how much fun it is, and how special, and that's really the big part, how special the outdoors are, um, and if, if that's, that's huge to me right there. Larry, your energy is catchy. <laughs> Being around you, it's catchy, right? right? I, it's just normal, right, for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to imagine, right? And and I'm not a guide myself. I don't, mm -hmm. and I don't host a TV show. But more than just knowing how to hunt and fish, it's about knowing how to relate to people. I would agree with that a thousand percent. You know, and I'm gl really glad that you brought that up because sometimes, you know, being the way I am, that I get off and uh, go in a different direction, and uh, it's nice to have you guys pull me back. But you know, as a guide, as a successful guide, and you know, and I'm only saying that I'm successful as a guide because I've been doing it for over thirty years, and basically, you know was able to raise four kids on that and have my wife stay at home most of the years when them kids were younger. Um, and that's a huge accomplishment to her and, and obviously to me. But, you know, the big, the big part about the whole thing is, is again, is just the love and passion that you have. And to be, you know, to be a successful guide, you only need to be a mediocre fisherman, but you need to be an excellent person with, with dealing with people. And, you know, in my business, I deal with people that are on both sides of the political aisle. I deal with people that save two or three years, if not more, to do one trip with me. And then I deal with people that do eight, nine trips a year with me. And I've, I've always said this, the big thing is that you have to remember, like sometimes, you know, I'm working seven days a week for the most part, but when somebody 
I meet them in the morning. It doesn't matter if it's at the at the, a landing to take them out on the ice or if it's at a boat landing to, to, to have them jump on my boat. The thing that I always know is that I have to remember no matter how burnt out I feel, no matter how exhausted, no matter how much pressure is on me from all the other things that are going in my life, I got to throw all that stuff out the window. And remember, these people right here, all they care about is to have a good time to catch some fish and to enjoy their time that they're spending with me. So, you know, complaining, talking about politics, that stuff doesn't happen, right? It just, and it's not worth it. It's not the right place to do it. But that's the enjoyment I get in the amount of friendships that have been built over the years through the guiding businesses and with the TV show now has been astronomical. I know one of the things we've talked about on previous episodes is and we've had multiple guests that have been guides on the, the podcast is getting people introduced to the outdoors. And I'm sure you see all kinds of different people in your guide business, whether they have, you know, entry level experience or, you know, years of experience. What is your kind of thought and process? I know we talked a little bit about it. Like we'd love to get everybody involved in the outdoors. How can we get more people involved? You know, what are the things that you try to do, you know, on your day to day to get more people involved in the outdoors? You know, I, I tell you, and this drives uh, drives my wife kind of crazy. Um, like whenever I'm driving around, and this might sound, sound kind of ridiculous to some people, whenever I'm driving around, I wave at almost everybody, right? And she's like, why are you doing that all the time? Like, I'll go into the store. I say hi to all sorts of people. You know, the more that people can see that, and, and if a lot of people don't say hi back, and they don't say, they don't wave back, and I'm fine with that, right? But, you know, the few people that do say hi and the people that wave back, you know, that that's absolutely awesome. You know, I always think back about this is, I think back about, like, at one time in my life, I was going to move out to North Dakota, and the reason I was going to move out to North Dakota, one of the main reasons was, is that every time, and I've spent a lot of time out there uh, hunting and fishing is that uh, every time I go out there and I get into these little towns it's always like stepping back when I was a kid where people did wave to everybody and really you know them are the things that we've gotten away with you know gotten away from you know the important part of life and this is a huge issue is that we really need to have respect for each other more right and you know we need to, and we say every week on our show a couple things. We always give thanks to all of our military men and women for the great service they have given us. And I don't know why I always get so choked up about that one. And we always give thanks to all the firefighters and paramedics and, of course, all of our police officers. But we all always say that it is a great day to be alive because that's, that's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. And... You know, we, we, we are so lucky and so blessed to be living in a country and, and not even just in our country, but the part of our country where the outdoors is part of our heritage. It's right. part of how we all grew up and so many of us grew up and we have that common connection, right? And, right. and I, don't, I don't care if you meet somebody on the street, which you do as a, as a guide business, right? And right. then you go spend the day in, in the boat with them, right? You're in a little 20 by eight <laughs> <Right>. box. <laughs> right. You got to get along. 
you do have to get along. And, you know, and it is kind of funny because, you know, there is certain people that will jump in the boat and, uh, you know, especially if, if it's the first time they've ever fished with me and, you know, their expectations are really high and, and you know, they maybe they've been with somebody else that, that didn't pan out the way they wanted it to, to pan out. And once we get in the boat and we spend a little bit of time together, you know, they realize that I'm just an, an average guy that wants to make their life easier and wants them... I want them to enjoy the time, right? Yeah. So I'll do Create whatever memories. it takes. Yeah, creating memories. That's that is such a that's a I mean that is so so true. Yeah, it it is and it's those common interests in wanting to learn. Mhm. Wanting to learn how to fish, wanting to learn a new technique, wanting to learn about hunting to and and that's what brings those those opportunities for those people who may not know each other to be able to spend an entire day in the boat together right. and have a great time and go home and, and be talking about it for years. Yeah, it's kind of funny, you know, you bring that up. Um, so yesterday in my office, I, I was out guiding and I came in and that's kind of my typical day. What I try to do is I usually meet my clients at, you know, like this time of year, six in the morning, and then I guide them till about one o'clock. And then uh, if we're in Oshkosh, my, our office is right in Oshkosh, our production company. So then I go into the office and then I'm there till usually five or six o'clock and then I go out back out to the farm and then work on the farm. But yesterday a guy we had a bunch of props that I was getting rid of. I had a pile of mercury props and the guy came in and you know I never met this guy, never saw him before. And uh he said, Hey, I just want to tell you one story, you know, and it was a hunting story about his wife, you know, how he got her into bull hunting and she shot like fourteen deer now. I mean it's just incredible. But he, he, we were we were there and I had a ton of things to do yesterday but it was one of them kind of things where this gentleman came in and we started talking in an hour maybe an hour and a half went by before he, like I thought it was 10 minutes and when he left I like look at the clock and I'm like holy cats you know but it's that it's that it's that that bond that you get you know when when you do spend time with people that are in the outdoors it is I mean it's just there's no other bond that I know of, of any other sport that people bond together as close as they do when it comes to, to you know to, to anything when it comes to sports than hunting and fishing yeah you I, mentioned it's it's a community right it, it doesn't is. matter you're from a small town a big town there's the hunting and fishing community and yes. I think to your point the more we can embrace that community work with one another you know be positive in that community and I think that'll go a long way with how we can all interact with one another and like you said have a positive experience and and enjoy those times with one another right and you know for me i think the biggest part too is that you, you know when when I, i'm not i don't do what i do to become famous you know and I know that for me, there's got to be a purpose in life. And in my, you know, I could just go over and tell you how many times I should have been dead and gone. And, uh, you know, it, more than the normal, I can just tell you that much. Yep. So I know there's a reason why I'm here, you know, and, and believe in God or don't believe in God. I believe in God because, you know, it's a great feeling because, you know, the f part is when you believe in God is that like, if I got cancer tomorrow, yeah, I'd be a little sad, but I, it's, it's not a 
big deal. You know what? Because I know that there's so many other things that are going to be better than this life we have now. You know, so I mean, so you really just again look at the way you are, and when you're here, the time I'm spending on this planet yet, I just want to make it a better place. I just want to be known as no. I don't even care if people know my name. I just want to be known as that guy that has made a little bit of a difference in some person. That's all I care about. I'm not here to save the whole world because I know it's not practical. But if I can make a difference in some people's lives, that's all that'll matter, right? I don't, again, I don't care if they don't know my name. It's it's all about, again, uh, it's about the things you do, not of who you really are, right? If that makes sense to you. It's about making a difference. It's one about boat, making a one difference. One boat seat at a time. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And I know, you know, the funny part is like my, you know, and through my life, I've had a lot of mentors, you know, and, and they were like some incredible people. And, uh, you know, I think about them a lot. But, you know, when I start thinking about like television, I always think of like the guy that I used to love to watch was always the Linder family, right? Because they're really good people. They got me all pumped up. I wanted to go fishing the second after their show was gone. But, you know, the problem is, and it doesn't matter like I would say the Linders are probably the most popular people in, in, in our lifetime when it, when it comes to the Midwest, right? Mm-hmm. For sure, if not national. But, you know, unfortunately, with the way things are nowadays, the way, you know, the word of everything travels so fast, there's so much communication all the time. Once you are gone, people will forget about you. Right. And, and so you have to really like think about that. So you're like, you're not here to make like a big name for yourself. You're just here to try to influence people that are going to be here when you're gone to do the right things. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And what comes to my mind when you say that is just think about, you know, just think about the old deer stand in the woods. Just think about, you know, this stuff you're doing on your hunting property and you're not there for a year. You're not there for two years. Pretty soon, you didn't even know anybody was there, right? right. It's just a, it's just a right. whisper of what used to be. Yep, that's a fact, and and, and that's I mean that's just that that's reality, you know. And like a big thing for me too is, and again, I kind of start bouncing around, but I love to plant trees, and I'll never forget my nephew was over helping me plant trees, and he's like, "Hey, Uncle Larry, why do you plant so many trees?" And I said, "Hey, Jack, I'll tell you why I plant trees. For one thing, you know." These trees, when I'm long gone, are still going to be here, most of them, you know. And you guys are, uh, most of these trees, I'm not going to benefit from. You're going to benefit from benefit from it your kids are going to benefit from and then the next generation is going to benefit from them you know so things like that are are like special things to me like more so than buying a a new truck or buying a new car or you know buying something else that I know eventually is going to fade away right yeah absolutely okay I'm going to shift gears because okay. I got a question that's shift just them. burning inside right. of me Give her. and now that we have a chance to get sit me on back the, on track no no I gotta ask <laughs> Tell us about the skunk. Oh, the skunk. Tell us the story. Well, I, I got to know. No, I have, well, now I have two of two. them. Yep, and uh, I'll tell you about the first one. So when I was a kid, you know, somewhere, you know, 11, 12 years old, this other kid that I hung around with, he had a pet, a pet skunk, and he had that thing for 10 years, maybe longer, and it was a great pet. I always, always thought to myself, someday I'm going to get one of them skunks, you know? And so I'm a friend of mine that I, we do some shows with, Jeff Vandermortel, his buddy Ryan, his parents, own 
the zoo in Monaco, Pax Zoo. And I was ta- we were fishing with him one day, and I said, hey, do you guys got any skunks? He's like, yeah, we got uh, three different pairs of them. I go, what do you do with the babies? He goes, well, we, I, I descent them, and then I sell them. I go, well, I want one. Right? And so the first year I was on the list, I couldn't get one. So the second year I, I, I was like second or third to get one, and, and I got it. And the thing is just an unbelievable great pet. I got him litter box trained. In the summer, he's outside in a kennel, dog kennel. And then in the, in the winter, I bring him into one of my shops, and I keep the temperature around 44 to 48 degrees, and I have a litter box in there. And, you know, he comes out. He's always underneath the cupboards right there. He knows how to open the doors with his nose. You know, they're, they're hinged cupboards, so they come open. And he knows how to get back in and out of there all the time because he, he likes he likes to be tight in some place where it's dark, you know. Well, I was thinking the other day, I've had them for about five years now, you know, and they live to be about 10 or 12 for the most part. I'm thinking I probably should get another one. Plus, you know what? It'd probably be nice so he didn't have to just mess with the dogs all the time that I get him a little companion. So I got the the other one, you know. So the funniest part about the whole thing is that my wife is a non-animal person. And I've got, you know, cats. I've got about 100 birds. I've got, you know, the three, I've got two skunks, three dogs, you know, and I don't know. I've raised fox and crows and, you know, I used to raise deer and elk and you had deer in the house, you know, fawns in the house. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm an animal person. I love animals. If I could get away with it, I'd probably have 20 dogs. I just, that kind but i'm not home enough you know but when i am home i spend all my time with all them animals and you know that's i you know i got to tell you guys like my sanctuary because i pretty much am on the water i would say pretty much every day it's either guiding or you know taking care of our clients or the show or filming a show but you know my sanctuary is being at home i love being at home on our farm that's my favorite place in the whole world to be Wow, that's cool. And we were talking before as we were setting up here, Larry, and that is a common misconception. And I think a lot of our listeners who are outdoor enthusiasts understand this, but I know not everybody does. And that is people who are out fishing and hunting and harvesting animals, there's this this misconception that we don't love the animals. We're not animal people, right? And I think that couldn't be further from the truth. That that's uh well, I can tell you this, you know, um you know, it seems like the older I get, the more emotional I get, which I'm surprised because, you know, my dad, the older he got, the, the more honor he got, you know. So, but, you know, as a hunter, I just want to say this to you, you know, whenever I shoot a deer, I always have the, the, the sense of excitement of the hunt, but I also have the sense of remorse, and I don't like to see any animal suffer at all. And, you know, and obviously I eat everything pretty much that I, that I kill, but, you know, I spend, like, a lot of time and, and obviously resources to make our farm a, a better environment for these animals. It's not just to harvest them. It's so they can have a better life, too. You know, I mean, and, that's huge. And the population of, of percentage of animals that you are providing habitat for that you actually harvest is it's pretty minuscule. minuscule. It is. It's pretty minute, you know. And, you know, when you look at, you know, the outdoorsmen, the amount of money that the outdoors people spent is, is when you look at, like, a, as a demographic, you guys can look this up. This is 100% true. There's no other demographic that spends more money than, than people that fish and hunt overall when you look at that. You know, it's in the billions. 
millions, Mark. Um, so, I mean, you think about that, you know, that a lot of that money goes back into keeping our resources strong because there's a big value to that, right? It is, it, even like, you know, when I get done, when I someday, if I ever give up guiding, um, what I probably will do is I'll probably just give up the walleye fishing, the smallmouth fishing, the pan fishing for the most part. And what I'll probably do is just fish muskies and flatheads, which I let both of them go, right? So just I'm never going to give up fishing, but I'm just fishing for a different reason, you know, just to keep it going and because I love to do it, you know, and just, you know, it is one of them kind of things where, you know, when you when you're harvesting things all the time it, you, you kind of the older you get the less of that you want to do but the more the more fishing you want to do and the more hunting you want to do it's just the less harvesting you want to do well I, I think it ties back to your point too planting trees you know you're leaving your mark raising animals you know Kyle and I we both are pretty avid hunters planting food plots raising and or yep. you know, helping the wildlife and creating those sanctuaries like you said and we're only harvesting a small amount. And if we weren't out there harvesting them, you know, these populations would be uncontrolled and they'd, you know, I think hunters get a bad rap and we're actually very much the conservationists. Right. Well, and, they always spin it. They want right. to spin it, right? And so I, I think it's really, you know, encouraging. And for our listeners, I'm sure we have a lot of people that listen to Shack Talk that are also very passionate about hunting. And, you know, I, I hope that none of the what's going on in the world discourages anyone from hunting. And I think that the more people we can get not into fishing, but hunting and those types of things. And, and I would say too, you know, just enjoying nature, foraging, you know, looking for the wildlife and plant identification, bird watching, you name it. Um, it's just a great thing to do. Well, let me just tell you this, you guys. So I have four kids, and, and the, my greatest investment in life are them four kids, right? I mean, there's no other, and there is nothing more in this world that I care about. You know, and as a father, you know, and I'm sure my wife, I know, well, it's a no-brainer, she'd say the same thing, but... I would give my life any day of the week without even a hesitation for any one of my kids, right? But as a father, as a parent, um, you know, again, you do not want your kids to grow up to be a burden to this country, right? You want them to grow up to respect this country. You want them to have the same kind of values that you have. You want them to be hard workers. You want them to be respectful, right? So when you look at, like, success, right, I gauge success on if you are a parent on how your child turns out. That's that's a huge success right there, right? So to me, that's also a huge investment because if I can teach my kids and they can feel the passion and the love that I have for all this, you know, reality is that nobody here is going to live past probably 80 or 90 years old, right? And, you know, I'm... I'm 54 plus. I always put that plus in there now because I never want to get past 54. Um, so I'm 54 plus, and that time has just gone by like like a, a, a speeding bullet. Let's just put it that way. So I know with another three or four blinks of the eye, my eye, I'll probably be gone. Right. So would it, you know? So I want to make sure that my kids are going to be able to pass this on to their kids. You know, again, and I think that you know when you look at this country. You're right there you know there is no other greater land in this whole world you guys than this country right i say this when you look at geographically you look at the united states of america there is no other country that has as much water 
fresh water as the United States has, and there's no other country that has as much dirt. And I mean, I farm too, um, not a huge farmer. We farm about 300, 400 acres, but there's no other country that grows as much food as this country does. Them are the two most important things in life to live are water and food, right? So you got to look at this country, how lucky we are to have these resources. So you really got to like, step back and and like sometimes it's not a bad idea to like travel to another country and just to see how unfortunate these people are that live in these countries and how fortunate we are it just it it helps you get a better perspective again of how lucky we are we're very fortunate and you know Larry I would you know I agree with everything you said, but I don't think you even have to look as far as outside of our borders to find scenarios where where children are being raised in an environment where they think food comes from a grocery store. (laughs) They don't think it comes from a farm or an animal we harvest or a fish we catch. But that lack of connection to our heritage, right, and and self-sustenance and being connected to the land in a lot of instances, being lost. Right. It doesn't take that long for that to get lost. I mean, no, it doesn't. You look back a generation, maybe two, and they lived off the land, and now we are a generation or two removed. And It's hard you, to believe that it could go that yeah, fast. Right. And right. to your point, it means we just have to work that much harder to instill that in our kids and the next generation right. so that it doesn't get lost even more. Right. And I just, I, I'm going to say one more thing, you know, I mean, there, I mean, everybody in life goes through a lot of uh, their ups and downs, right? And, th- you know, that's, that's a huge part. And, uh, you know, if you're ever, like, really lost and, and you like you don't know which direction to go in you need to pick up the bible that'll pull you back for sure right amen (laughs) it's so true right you know and you know and i don't want you guys to think of you know think of me as like thinking i'm some a big religious person but i mean i am a true believer and and uh you know and the older i get the, the you know the stronger my beliefs get because i know that the time is getting closer but you know you think about like the 12 commandments you know i basically have you know basically broken every one of them 12 commandments i know you're gonna say 10 commandments I had to add two more in there, right? Right. So, you know, it's so important, again, I mean, when you think about life in general, like the Bible is written hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and it's 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 really the, 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 the I mean, as far as, a, it's the way to live your life. It really is. Every question, every answer that is in this world is in that book right there. Even though it was written two, three, four thousand years ago. Right, it right, pertains to right. what we're doing it's, right here right. today. It's like how did that how did they know that, right? Well yep. when you create something, it's real easy to know that, right? You know it so, inside and out. Yeah. Yes, yes, those are divine words. There's no question about it. And 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 for me, being on the ice, being in the woods, being on the water, that is a connection to my Huge. faith. That is a Huge. connection to 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 the world that is gonna be here long after I am. You know, right. we've talked about that. So Larry, it's just absolutely wonderful to have a chance hey, to take it, an guys. opportunity. For for our listeners, I want to make sure that, 
you know, there's there's some of our folks that are yeah. listening to this, and yep. they've maybe happened upon it, and they haven't watched your show. Yeah. Where can they find that? Well, I'll tell you what, you guys, we are on several, several stations. Uh, you can go and uh, check us out. Just go to our website, to LarrySmithOutdoors.com, and check that out. But, you know, so we do 52 new shows a year. Um, we also have a podcast, We Eat Fish Eat. Um, you know, so we're on several streaming networks, too. You can go on Waypoint Carbon. You can go on Wired to fish and uh, you also can go on KOTV but we're also on the old Fox Sports which is Bally and we're on CW18 we're on the Outdoor Sportsman's channel so several outlets right there or you can just go to YouTube because he posts everything up there so yep Larry last thing I have for you before you go is you know I know you probably don't know where you're going next or what you're doing this ice season, but for our listeners, what what can they expect from the season? What are your what are your plans? Got anything uh, that they can look forward to? Well, I think you can. That's a, I, I'm glad you said that. What you can look forward to is that right now, because we guide basically, we do a little bit of guiding up on Pete and Well in the winter, but most of our guiding contains to Lake Winnebago. So we're looking at some of the highest perch numbers that we've had in several years. Last year, unfortunately. Fortunately, our ice was absolutely horrible, uh, so we couldn't really stay on the fish very much. But our numbers really look good for walleyes, too, crappies. Uh, we just have a great population of fish. You know, everything, uh, you know, especially on any system, but on the Winnebago system, things cycle, right? And our cycles right now look absolutely fantastic. So you can, you can almost, I can almost tell you that if we get good ice, which I definitely think we're going to have it this year, it's going to be a great year to be on Lake Winnebago and uh, do some ice fishing. Now all we got to do is, you know, hope for some Mother Nature to bless us with some positive weather and good ice before she uh, gives us lots of snow. And we won't say that four-letter word too often, but uh, (laughs) hopefully things shape up for a great ice season. Larry, thank you so much for joining us. It was a great conversation. We're all excited for ice fishing. Uh, We hope that our listeners are excited too, and uh, we can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. Make sure to check us out, go back to our prior season, listen to all of our other episodes if you're a new listener. Uh, We appreciate everyone that follows along with us. Uh, Thanks to Eskimo for allowing us to have the podcast and the platform to share with you, and uh, catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.